0: It's officially one of the NFL's biggest holidays, the schedule reveal day here. All 32 teams, including the Seahawks, finding out when and where they're going to be playing their 17 opponents for the 2022 NFL season. Rob Rang and I are going to be breaking down the Seahawks' entire schedule on this latest installment of Locked On Seahawks. You are Locked On Seahawks, your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings 12, this is Corbin Smith, your host for Locked On Seahawks. Joining me for our live NFL schedule reveal episode, my co-host in crime, Rob Rang. This truly has become a holiday for football fans. We're right in the middle between the last Super Bowl and the start of training camp. And the draft's out of the way. Free agency's basically slowed down to a crawl. So football fans are itching for any kind of news. And the NFL, they find a way to milk everything that they have on the schedule. And they certainly do that with scheduling day. All 32 teams, including the Seahawks, finding out today, When and where they will be playing their 17 opponents, some really exciting games that we're going to be breaking down. And this schedule just came out. So, Rob, this is going to truly be some instant analysis, checking out all 17 games for the Seahawks in the schedule. We're going to start off with weeks one through nine, and then we'll do the second half of the schedule in the second part of our show. And, of course, some rapid fire, way too early predictions coming up at the tail end of this special edition live podcast. As always, thanks for making Locked On Seahawks your first listen five days a week. Let's get to the schedule, the Seahawks getting ready for the 2022 season. It's been a transformative offseason, trading away Russell Wilson, releasing Bobby Wagner, moving on a few other players in free agency. And sure enough, to kick off the 2022 season, I think you and I both expected this, Russell Wilson's first game as a Denver Bronco is going to come against his former team at Lumen Field on Monday Night Football. I can't think of a better opening game. So much at stake with Russell Wilson coming back to Seattle.
1: Yeah, I think it's fascinating. I mean, the NFL obviously acknowledging what a big story that this is, not only in Seattle, not only in Denver, but uh, across the National Football League. And uh, you know, and kudos to the Seahawks. I mean, yet again, Seattle is going to have a, a primetime game to kick off the NFL season. Uh, what an opportunity for the Seattle crowd to be able to welcome or perhaps banish uh, Russell Wilson and all those memories that they have, as you said, the opening Monday night football game of the season there at Lumen Field against the Denver Broncos.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited to see how this is going to pan out from the perspective of fans, because I really don't know what to expect Are there going to be a bunch of boo birds? Are the fans going to embrace Russell Wilson coming back with the way things ended with him basically forcing his way out? There's certainly some fans that are sympathetic there's others that are not like, how dare you want to move on? And so it's going to be pretty crazy. And, I think you're going to see an atmosphere at Lumen Field that we have not seen for a long time in terms of the volume. The fans are going to bring it, whether it's with positive energy or negative energy towards Russell Wilson. Now you look at this first part of the schedule, again, opening up with the Denver Broncos at home, Monday night football. And then going to San Francisco in week two, that is a very daunting first two games for a Seahawks team that's going to be breaking in a new quarterback and has a number of young players that are going to be playing key roles most likely. Then they get three weeks where, again, there's no easy game in the NFL. But you get a home game against the Atlanta Falcons, who are clearly in rebuild mode. The Detroit Lions, they're a team that I think are going to be kind of surprising this year, but they still have a long way to go till they're a playoff team you get them at Detroit then you play New Orleans on the road that is a tough place to win but they are in a position where they're reloading at some position their quarterback's coming off an ACL tear then they get a home game against the Cardinals on the road against the Chargers at home against the Giants and then another matchup with the Cardinals in week 9 on the road interestingly one of those two games against the Cardinals they will not be facing DeAndre Hopkins who will open the season with a 6 game suspension What's your first takeaway looking at this first nine games for the Seahawks in this 2022 season?
1: Well, Corbin, you, you worked on the graphics, and so anybody who is watching our show here on YouTube, um, especially live, thank you so much for all your support. As I mentioned, you did the graphics, and it's interesting that you have Geno Smith there as the picture. Obviously, Seattle is going to be having a new quarterback uh, under center in their game, and to me, that's one of the first takeaways I I have looking at the schedule. The Denver Broncos, obviously, with Russell Wilson, the 49ers, presumably they're going to get Trey Lance onto the field. Uh, their second-year player that of course they made the bold trade up a couple of years uh last year uh to bring him into the fold then the atlanta falcons with marcus mariota so it's not just the seahawks are going to be the only team that is uh you know using a new quarterback all three of seattle's opponents over those first three games uh, of the season are going to wind up uh having different quarterbacks presumably of course again is, is the case San Francisco 49ers how appropriate three uh, being the operative number here, considering that Seattle, again, is going to be, um, you know, debuting their season at home against that Russell Wilson, who, of course, is going to be wearing number three, as we all know, uh, with the Denver Broncos.
0: I'm looking at this schedule, and maybe the positive for me, this is not, you just mentioned some of the quarterback changes. This is far from a juggernaut of quarterbacks. Obviously, Russell Wilson week one, we know how great of a quarterback Russell Wilson is, but San Francisco, you're going to be busting out Trey Lance going to year two. Last year, underwhelming when he played. Atlanta, Marcus Mariota, last couple of years has been a backup, and he's really the starter now because they had to move on from Matt Ryan, didn't have many other options. Detroit, it's Jared Goff, is still under center. New Orleans, Jameis Winston coming off an ACL tear. The Giants in week eight, Daniel Jones, maybe he turns the corner with a new coach coming to town. But, I mean, this is not a juggernaut of quarterbacks. In the first nine games, they do have the two tough games against Arizona and Kyler Murray. They get to face Justin Herbert in week seven. But really, most of this schedule, at least from the quarterback perspective, I think this is a pretty positive schedule for the Seahawks, considering they're going to be breaking in a new quarterback that most likely is not going to be near as good as Russell Wilson. They're going to have to try to win games in different ways, but you're going to be playing teams that don't necessarily have elite quarterbacks either in most of this opening part of the schedule.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good way of looking at it. Um, You know, when I first looked at the the opponents that Seattle was going to be facing uh, this upcoming season, obviously we know the NFC West is, you know, going to be a huge part of their schedule, but the AFC West opponents, you knew that that was going to be daunting um, because the AFC West, I would argue is the division in all of the NFL that has the best quarterbacks top to bottom. Um, But you're right. I think that you look over the first half of the season. I think that that does look like a, a potentially winnable schedule. Um, and it's not just the quarterbacks. I think if you kind of go look look back at that that list, um, especially with the Atlanta Falcons there um, in Week Three, I mean that was a team that finished dead last a year ago, Corbin, in terms of sacks. The Denver Broncos have some talent, certainly in terms of pass rushers, um, but at the same time they are going to be making a significant transition a- as well. Um, in, in terms of, of defense going from uh the initial the, the coach that they had a year ago to brand new coaching staff this season more of an offensive mentality San Francisco 49ers look all, all due respect the 49ers obviously they're only a you know a dropped interception away from playing for the Super Bowl but at the same time the Seahawks of course went 2 and 0 against those same San Francisco 49ers a year ago and obviously they had Russell Wilson uh, you know playing at quarterback at that time But at the same time, I don't think that the 49ers are quite as daunting to Pete Carroll and his coaching staff as perhaps that they might be from a national perspective.
0: Yeah, I think that this first nine games, there are certainly some difficult games on there. And with the quarterback situation, that's going to make every game tougher for the Seahawks than what it's been with Russell Wilson under center. But I think that this is a fairly favorable first nine games. Now, we get to the second part of the schedule. I think that it's going to be a little bit tougher. We're going to look at weeks 10 through 18 coming up here in a moment as we continue our schedule reveal special edition podcast here on Locked On Seahawks. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer, and they've got everything you could possibly ask for, whether it's brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today. To find the solution to your auto parts needs, go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right locked on in their How'd You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com You're listening to the Locked On Seahawks podcast, Thursday edition. I'm your host, Corbin Smith. Joining me for today's special edition schedule reveal episode, my co-host in crime, Rob Rang. As always, thanks for making Locked On Seahawks your first listen five days a week. We just broke down the first nine weeks of the season. Seattle getting to face Russell Wilson right off the bat, coming back to his old stomping grounds with the Broncos coming to town on Monday Night Football. Let's get to the second half of the schedule, and they get their bye week in Week 11. They're going to have a matchup against the Buccaneers in Germany in Week 10. So they get that late bye, and I've always found that to be favorable when you get a bye this late in the season. It's nice to have that extra week off after you've already played 10 games rather than getting it early in the season. But I think compared to the first half of the schedule, you look at some of the teams they're playing, Week 12, The Las Vegas Raiders week 13, defending champion, Los Angeles Rams on the road, Carolina Panthers in week 14, a rematch with the 49ers on Thursday night football week 15 at Kansas City on Christmas Eve in week 16, the New York Jets, Zach Wilson going to a second season in week 17 and then the rematch with the Rams in week 18. From a quarterback perspective, I think this is a significantly tougher stretch, even though you do have some teams like Carolina and maybe even New York, if you want to lump Zach Wilson in there, there's still a lot left for him to prove. But you get two matchups with Matthew Stafford. You're going to have to deal with Patrick Mahomes on the road, Derek Carr with his new weapon, Devontae Adams, Tom Brady. This is a much tougher gauntlet in terms of the quarterbacks they're going to be playing. The good news is for their last five games, are at home. So that might mitigate some of that advantage their opponents have at the quarterback position.
1: Yeah. For the last five games at home, five of the last seven games at home. Um, you know, you're, you're absolutely right, Corbin to, to point out about the the caliber of quarterbacks that, that Seattle is going to be facing the second half of the season. Uh, I think that that is, that is huge. I mean, you, you look at that schedule there um, and, you know, who does Seattle face that they, at least at this point, at least on paper, that they have the better, more re, uh, more uh, consistent quarterback play than in any of those clubs. I mean, you're talking about Week 17 opponent in the New York Jets, uh, the Carolina Panthers, and that's probably about it uh, considering what Seattle currently has the quarterback uh, position, of course, with, with Geno Smith, Drew Locke, and Jacob Eason. So if that's the extent of the analysis is that who's got the, the better, more proven quarterback play, then, yeah, that is a pretty daunting second-half schedule. Um, but at the same time, again, I, I like the fact that the Seattle is going to be having Having as many games at home down the stretch as they have and there's a couple of reasons for that the the biggest is that I think that, you know, if Seattle is, in fact, going to be having, uh, you know, if they do go into the schedule and they they decide who their quarterback is going to be, if it's this is not as something that's going throughout the entire season, a battle to, to see who is going to be the starting quarterback this week, then I think that over the course of the season, that gives that quarterback an opportunity to kind of win over his teammates and be, hopefully, from a Seattle perspective, to be able to get on a little bit of a run. And then second, I think that it is It plays into the hands of Pete Carroll and John Schneider in the way that they've built this team, the way that they originally built this team all those years ago. You know, they want this team to be about running the football and playing good quality defense. As Mother Nature starts to kind of unleash its fury on on the Seattle and the Pacific Northwest over the Novembers, the Decembers, uh, you know, that's when Seattle is going to be hosting so many of these football games. There is a couple of things that can mitigate a really good opposing quarterback certainly the weather certainly that that fan base and so I do think that this sets up well for Seattle to be able to hopefully get themselves again from a Seattle perspective get themselves on a little bit of a role and might be able to kind of carry that into a much better season than a lot of people are thinking
0: I think you look at that first part of the schedule that we already looked at those first nine games and I mentioned the lack of star quarterbacks From Seattle's perspective, if you can get out of that with, say, a 5-4 and record, with them going into the season with a new quarterback, and I don't think it's far-fetched to think they could win five of those nine games. It's going to be tough. It's going to be hard for them to win games with things as constructed, but if they're able to run the football and the defense is good and they're not turning the ball over, whoever's a quarterback is protecting the football – it gives them a chance, and then when they're playing the harder part of their schedule, they do get the benefit of all these home games. Now, my disclaimer to that, it has been several years since the Seahawks have really been dominant at home. Even the last couple of years that Russell Wilson was under center, they've had their struggles on their home field, and I'm not counting 2020 when they won all but one game at home that season. You had no fans in the stands. It was an anomaly. The last several seasons when they have had fans there – Some of it's been the fans just haven't been as loud and haven't been as boisterous as in the past, but this team just has not played as well on its home turf in recent seasons. It seems like since they've changed the lumen field, it's been even worse. So that is something that Pete Carroll's got to find a way to get back this year with a team that's not as talented as some of the ones they've had recently. They've got to get that home field advantage back. That onus falls on the players. It falls on the fans to pick it up. But, If they can get back to where this is one of the best home field advantages, that can carry you through that back half of the schedule, especially with a young team. I think that's the other thing worth noting here. If you're starting guys like Charles Cross, maybe Kobe Bryant, Abe Lucas, maybe Tariq Woolen by that point is playing some snaps. If you're playing rookies early in the year, there are going to be struggles. There are going to be growing pains. But what your hope is, by the second half of the schedule, when they get their feet under them, they start to play better and start to get more comfortable with the speed of the NFL game. That can be dangerous as a team. If you're not in the playoff race, at least you can play spoilers. And having all those home games late, that is the type of situation that really bodes well for them. So I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to win a bunch of these games. But having the tougher part of the schedule going against mostly home games that certainly is a benefit to Pete Carroll's squad.
1: No question about it. I, mean, I think that you kind of, um, you know, kind of danced around the idea here. Uh, this is a very young and a very hungry kind of a squad. They're not used to the success that the, the previous uh, version of, of the Seahawks had. There, there is no Russell Wilson to fall back on. There is no Bobby Wagner or KJ Wright to fall back on. I mean, this team is going to have to bring it. And I think that you are also going to see a little bit of the younger, hungrier, more passionate fan base that is going to be out there. Sure, there's going to be some Seahawks fans who are going to be selling their tickets because there's going to be some some teams coming into Seattle that we don't normally see. I mean, you don't see the New York Jets come to town very often. You'll see the Carolina Panthers come to town very often. Um, you know, and obviously the, the the Raiders, whether they be in Oakland, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, the, the, they could make them the Ketchikan Raiders and they still would have a passionate fan base. I and mean, that's just the Raiders. But at the same time, for those tickets that get sold to the opposing fans, I think that the fans that you're going to see wearing that blue and green for the Seahawks are going to be those true blue Seahawks fans not the kind of you know business tycoon types that you know want to impress their friends by bringing them to the game having a cocktail and and, and leaving at halftime you're, you're going to see the passionate fans back again that's what made Seattle such a loud uh, you know environment for opponents to deal with and so I do think that you are going to see a younger hungrier team i think that you are going to see certainly hungrier and louder kind of fans in the stands and i think that that is going to result in, in seattle not necessarily winning more games as you just said I, I i'm not going to sit here and say that i think the seattle is going to run through the schedule and is going to be the number one seed in the nfc i do think that this is a team that has enough talent that they are going to surprise some of these so-called nfc and afc powers and, and get some victories down the stretch of the season. That is, in fact, going to be that spoiler.
0: There's a couple games in the second part of the schedule that I'm really intrigued by. Of course, as we've talked about, the game in Germany, just the history there—first regular season game ever in Germany—and you haven't faced Tom Brady. It looked like they weren't going to play against Tom Brady ever again. Well, you get that. I guess you could call a luxury that you get to face Mr. Brady again, and he's going to be against. Uh, you know, he's going to be quarterbacking a Buccaneers squad that. Still has Super Bowl aspirations. They won it two years ago. Rams beat them last year. They're going to be looking to get back to the big game. So that's going to be a very difficult opponent. But you do have the advantage of that kind of being like a home game with the fans. that are in Germany. And I'm really intrigued by the Week 17 matchup against the New York Jets. There's some storylines to that game as far as, you know, they get to face Jamal Adams again. And they're going to have some of the players they've drafted now with. Those picks they got from the Seahawks have a chance to make an impact. They have a second-year quarterback they're hoping takes major strides. I think the Jets could be a sleeper in the AFC East this year with the talent they add in the draft and some of the players they're bringing back from last year's squad. So that is not going to be an easy game in Week 17. Again, the end of that schedule, a lot of tough teams. The only benefit, you do get the four home games in the Final Five, five home games in the Final Seven. They're going to get a lot of snaps in front of the home crowd in the second half of the season. Hopefully that can will them to a few victories. Speaking of wins and losses, I know it's super early. We literally just got the schedule, but here in a moment, Rob, you and I are going to be making some way too early record predictions. We're going to be looking at the games and making some quick picks on how the Seahawks are going to finish against this 2022 slate of opponents. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports and wagering informational needs, from live betting to the playoffs, eSports, and more. Head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. You're listening to the Locked On Seahawks podcast. I'm your host, Corbin Smith. Joining me for our special edition schedule reveal episode, my co-host in crime, Rob Rang. Thanks for making Locked On Seahawks your first listen five days a week. We greatly appreciate it. We've looked at the Seahawks' 17 games for the 2022 schedule, kind of set up this final quarter, looking at what Seattle's going to do from a win-loss perspective. Now, it's May 12th. There's still going to be some changes on rosters. A lot of these teams, you know, we can't base what they're going to do this year off of what they did last year. Strength of schedules: Seattle's 11th overall, uh, 517 win percentage. That doesn't really matter in the scheme of things, though, because every team's undergone significant changes. So, Rob, let's look at this schedule, and we're going to start in week one with the Denver Broncos. Russell Wilson and company coming to Lumen Field can the Seahawks get the victory and send Russell Wilson home 0-1 as a quarterback of the Denver Broncos?
1: Yep, they're going to do it. Russell Wilson's 0-1 and started the NFL 2022 season. Seahawks are going to stun them. Russell Wilson is going to be Russell Wilson. He's going to make some big plays. I think that there's a chance that he's going to wind up having some kind of miraculous end to the game to win it, At the same time, I just don't think that that's what's going to happen. I think that you are going to see the Denver Broncos and a brand new coaching staff, a brand new quarterback. It's not going to be all the you know the roses and rainbows that a lot of people kind of are anticipating. I think there is going to be some transition there. I think you are going to have an incredibly hyped up Seattle defense running the football, playing defense, wins this ball game. Seahawks start the season one and zero.
0: I just don't have the same optimism. I do see some of the arguments you are making, though. You know, Russell Wilson is going to be with a new team, still learning a new offense, learning his new receivers, and playing in Seattle, it's a hostile environment. It'll be a lot different for him being a visiting quarterback than the other way around, but... I just think in week one, Seattle's gonna be breaking in a lot of new guys too. And I just can't see them pulling off the upset here. I think Denver's got a better team. If this game was later in the season, I might actually be more optimistic. I just I don't see Seattle getting it done. In fact, I think they're gonna start 0-2. San Francisco, they have matched up with well in the past and they've played well in San in Santa Clara, but again. The 49ers, to me, they just have a few too many horses, and I worry about the young tackles. If you have Abe Lucas and Charles Cross both starting, going against Nick Bosa and company, I don't care who's under center, whether it's Geno Smith or Drew Locke or Jacob Easton or if it's Baker Mayfield. There's going to be a ton of pressure, and I think that game's going to be close, and I think the Seahawks will battle them, but, yeah, I see them starting the season 0-2 before they head back in week three to play the Atlanta Falcons at Lumen Field.
1: I actually think there's a pretty decent chance they start the season 2-0. and oh. um, that, That's the thing. San Francisco 49ers, if they go with the different quarterback in Trey Lance, then that's the biggest reason why I think that Seattle could pull off the upset in Santa Clara, just like it would be considered an upset. Seattle is currently a three-and-a-half-point un- home underdog to Denver um, in that week one opener. At the same time, again, the, the fact that it's Trey Lance, the fact that uh, – you know, you just have a San Francisco 49ers team that you just look at what has happened uh, in the past with teams that have gone as deep into the playoffs, the San Francisco 49ers did, and that you not actually hoisted the Lombardi trophy. They t- typically uh, struggle, especially if they're making that quarterback transition. If Jimmy Garoppolo is a starter for the 49ers, I think that they, this is a victory for them. But if they have the young quarterback. Then I'm not so sure that's going to be the case. But you also mentioned the young offensive tackles for Seattle, whether it be Jay Curhan, whether it be, uh, you know, Abraham Lucas or Abe Lucas at the right tackle position. It's, it's San Francisco's pass rush that is the biggest area of concern, in my opinion. That's why I will agree with you. I do think ultimately the 49ers do wind up winning that game. I have Seattle at this point one and one on the season. Looking at
0: their next couple games in week three, the Seahawks hosting the Atlanta Falcons. There is no gimme in the NFL, but this is a game that I'm very confident that Seattle can win. Atlanta's got some talent at a few places, but... Marcus Mariota is not their future quarterback. I think Desmond Ritter will be starting at some point for them, maybe even week three. He could be the starter. I think Mariota will be the starter in this game, though. I just think the Seahawks have more talent on both sides of the football. I think they'll be able to run the ball on Atlanta. So I think that's the first win that I've got them with. And I have them going to 2-2. and I think Dan Campbell and the Lions are going to surprise some people, and they might be in the playoff hunt fairly late into the season. They get home field advantage, but Seattle has actually played fairly well in Detroit, and that is still a defense that I think is going to be vulnerable against run games and play action. So I'm going to go with the Seahawks being 2-2 and heading into a Week 5 game against the New Orleans Saints. They lose their first two, and then they get back to 500 with wins over the Falcons and Lions, two of their more winnable games on this year's schedule.
1: I think they're winnable on paper. I I would agree with you. I I think that Seattle is able to to eke out a victory at home against Atlanta. Um, You know, I think that Atlanta is going to be an interesting team. They are going to want to run the football an awful, awful lot. That's what Arthur Smith, the head coach in Atlanta, previously did in Tennessee. Uh, Marcus Mariota, that sets up very well for him. Tyler Ajila, running back that uh, you and I are both very high and wound up going to the Atlanta Falcons. So I think that's going to be kind of an interesting, you know, matchup for them. Um, That, that, that lack of pass rush, I think, for the Atlanta Falcons is absolutely a huge concern for them. That's something I think that Seattle is going to be exploit. But at the same time, I also think that Seattle is going to struggle a little bit against Detroit. I think Detroit is a team that is absolutely going to be ascending at, at this point. Um, so to me, I, I agree with you. I have them at 2-2, two and two, winning the game at home against Atlanta, but going on the road and losing against the Detroit Lions.
0: We're both in about the same spot right now. Two and two, just got there a little bit differently. Looking at the next couple games, another tough road game in New Orleans followed up by a home game against Arizona in week six. I just think winning in New Orleans is extremely difficult, and that is a team that still has a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. If Jameis Winston's healthy, I would give a slight advantage to him over the quarterback that the Seahawks are going to be playing. So I think two and three after that game, and Arizona has just dominated Seattle at home. They aren't going to have DeAndre Hopkins for that week six game, but I don't think it is going to matter. I just think Arizona with their quarterback, the weapons they have, this is not a Seahawks team that is going to be built necessarily to be able to play in a high scoring game. And I think Seattle's going to have some issues keeping Arizona off the scoreboard. So I have them dropping to two and four with back-to-back losses to the Saints and Cardinals, two teams that I expect are going to be in the playoff hunt deep into the season.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm slightly more optimistic. I, I think that Seattle might actually be able to beat Arizona. Um, they don't. They are, the Cardinals are not going to have the pass rush that they had previously. JJ Watt, all due respect, he's coming back from the injury. Older player that he is, you uh, of course don't have Chandler Jones in, any longer. Um, Kyler Murray is spent a fantastic player, but the loss Deandre Hopkins is, is significant even with, uh, Marquise Brown being added to the fold. I, I love the speed that the Cardinals have. I just don't think that they have that physicality. I think that this is one that Pete Carroll is going to have Seattle, um, you know, very much amped up and ready to win. And I think that they're going to need it because I think they're going to get thumped by the New Orleans Saints uh, in in week five. Jameis Winston is is the wild card. I think there's always a possibility that he's going to throw you three interceptions or something and keep this game close. But the New Orleans Saints, I think, have one of the absolute elite defenses in all of the NFL. I think that Seattle is going to struggle against them. And then with the way that the New Orleans Saints are built on their offense, Jameis Winston throwing the ball deep, the rookie wide receiver, Chris Olave, one of my favorites to get offensive rookie of the year. I think that the Saints um, are going to be marching in in New Orleans, and Seattle's going to want no part of them early on in this season.
0: Wrapping up our first half of the schedule here road game against the Chargers, home game against the Giants, and a road game against the Cardinals. This is where I could see the season either completely falling apart for the Seahawks or getting some momentum going into the second half. I'm going to lean towards that way. My first upset I'm going to go with here is in week seven. I think the Chargers are going to be a very good team in the AFC West, but they still have some spots on their roster that stand out to me as flaws. And for whatever reason, when they're at home, they don't get the backing from their fan base. I think there's going to be a lot of Seahawk fans that make that trip for that game in L.A., And I think it's going to feel like a de facto home game. And I think this is a Seahawks team that will get a few upsets during the season. This is one of them. I I have a great respect for Justin Herbert, but I've got Seattle improving to three and four with an upset win over the Chargers. And then I have them winning at home against the Giants, who I think will be improved, but they still have a lot of holes in their roster. I think Seattle has a better team and going with past trends here. I'm going with a three-game winning streak. Seattle, they've had the injuries in Arizona, but they have won games in Arizona. And even with DeAndre Hopkins being back, I just think they they play them better on the road. It's bizarre, but it's been that way for like a decade. And so I actually think Seattle is going to go into their Week 10 game against the Buccaneers in Germany, riding a three-game winning streak and having a 5-4 and four record in the NFC West.
1: Interesting. This is where you and I very much disagree um, because I I think that they could easily wind up going 0-3 in this stretch. Uh, The New York Giants, I think, are are, are easily the the most winnable of, of these three opponents. I think the Chargers are a team that You know, it's the Chargers. It seems like every year in August, uh, you know, and after the draft, teams are saying, oh, or people are saying, oh, the Chargers could be competing for a Super Bowl this year. I think this might be the Chargers team that actually is competing for a Super Bowl this year. I think that the Chargers are are a very, very good football team. I just like the way that they match up with virtually everybody, especially a team like the Seahawks that just doesn't have that elite quarterback play, at least presumably. The Giants, I look at their front. And and I just don't know how Seattle, especially with the young offensive line that I'm anticipating, how are you going to stop guys like Kayvon Thibodeau, like Dexter Lawrence, and of course like uh, uh, now I'm spacing on his name, but Leonard then, Williams, oops, Leonard Williams, exactly the one of the best defensive linemen in all in all of the NFL. I think that is a three man just monster that that Seattle is really going to struggle with. I do not think that Daniel Jones is a better quarterback than frankly, Seattle's backups, uh, but at the same time, I also think that Seattle's going to struggle to score points in that game, and the Cardinals on the road, I, I gave Seattle a possible victory against Arizona earlier this year, but I think that they could wind up going 0-3 on the stretch and very much needing to kind of lick their wounds a little bit as they head into that bye.
0: And that would make them 3-6 and six on the season, your projection Five and three in mine, or five and four in mine. So we're trending in a little different directions. Now let's get to the second half of the schedule. In Germany, week 10, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. This is the game that I think is going to turn into a massacre. Even though the Seahawks are playing in Munich, and I expect they're going to have a very good home crowd in Europe. And I don't think that's going to be enough to offset the fact the Buccaneers have Tom Brady and they have a much more talented team across the board. So I think they drop back to 500 going into their bye, And then I think you've got two really tough games off of that. So you just had your three-game losing streak. Here's mine. I, I just think Derek Carr and the Raiders with Devontae Adams added to the fold. Some of the players they have on defense, even at home, I think that's going to be a very difficult game for the Seahawks to win. And then going to L.A. has been a nightmare with Russell Wilson. I don't see that changing with Drew Locke or Geno Smith under center. So they're going to be going into week 14 with a 5-7 and record losing those three consecutive games. I think that is the toughest part of their schedule. Buccaneers, Raiders, and Rams on the road in three consecutive games. That is a chance to be an absolute disaster for the Seahawks.
1: It does, uh, you know, and, and there is, of course, that Week Eleven bye in in between the the Buccaneers and the Raiders. Um, I expect Seattle to to lose against Tom Brady and the Bucks. Although, well, let's just kind of pause for a moment and, and just acknowledge, as we did earlier to in today's show, Corbin. Just how what a what an honor you know, frankly, the the Seahawks should take about being one of the first two NFL teams to be playing in Germany. I mean, that's just awesome. I mean, and so, uh, you know, even if you do get beat by Tom Brady, and I don't think that it's a given, uh, I think that Seattle is going to be ready to compete there. I think there's going to be a lot of fans, as you mentioned, that are going to be there, um, you know, supporting the Seahawks and an incredibly popular team across the entire world. At the same time, I just think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are too much. They get that victory. I think the Seattle is going to come home uh, after that Week 11 bye against the the Raiders, and you know the Raiders fans are going to come, uh, you know, strong to to Seattle. But at the same time, that to me is the game that I do think that Seattle can might be able to muster out a win. So I'm going to just kind of give Seattle the benefit of the doubt in that one against the Raiders and be able to eke out a victory. But yeah, I, I would agree with you wholeheartedly that Seattle struggled as much as they did against the Los Angeles just Rams now for several years in a row. I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. Um, And so I have the Rams winning that game. So Seattle winning one of those last three games.
0: So one of the last six on your projections, and, and there might be a lot of Seahawks fans that think this is how this is going to play out now. Looking at the closing stretch, four games at home in the final five. This is where I think the Seahawks can make some leeway. They're five and seven right now in my projections. I think they have a better team than Carolina. They're playing at home. This is probably the game that steals the fate of Matt Rule getting fired. I've got the Carolina Panthers losing to the Seahawks in week 14. Seattle Claws back within a game of 500. And then week 15, Thursday night football. I expect the 49ers are going to be in the thick of things in the NFC West. I already had them beating the Seahawks. But this game is at home, and I think Seattle is going to split the series with San Francisco. So back-to-back wins, they're back to 500 at seven and seven. And then looking at the final three games, if you're seven and seven here, you got a chance to get above 500. But man, they've got some brutal games here. I see no way they compete with the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium. I think that's going to be a Christmas Eve massacre. Uh, not going to be a fun way to go into the holiday. I think they edge the New York Jets in Week 17. It's going to be a very competitive game, but I think Seattle wins that one at home. And then the Rams coming to town—I I just can't see them beating the Rams this year. They don't have enough talent. The Rams are too good of a football team. I think the Rams are still going to have something to play for in Week 18 in terms of seeding. So they are seven and seven going into that stretch. They end up finishing eight and ten in my projections. And I think if the Seahawks win eight games this year, that's a fairly successful and giving the turnover they've had on the roster this off
1: no, oh, I would 100 agree with you. In fact, that, that's a much better record than I think that Seattle is going to wind up with. And you're going to about to hear uh, me break it down here. Uh, I, I think that they can beat the the Carolina Panthers um, to kind of start off this uh, th- this new stretch here, starting at Week 14. I, I wish I had the your, your same uh, kind of confidence in San Francisco 49ers. I just think that the talent in San Francisco is better than it is in Seattle. I think that the 49ers if they do have some early struggles, I think that they will be able to right the ship. That is something that San Francisco has done over the years. And, and so I, I fully expect that um, whether it be Trey Lance, the quarterback or Jimmy Garoppolo, that to me is one of the big storylines of the entire NFL season. Um, but I do expect that the San Francisco be able to kind of get hot as the season goes on. Yeah. I, I would argue that the the matchup at Arrowhead, um, is as daunting as any in, in Seattle's, Seattle's entire season. Um, and so I would expect them to lose against the Chiefs. I do think that they're going to be able to bounce back against the New York Jets. I think that that's an interesting team, a team that is going to be, like the, just like the Carolina Panthers I mentioned before, a, a team that Seattle matches up pretty well with uh, on paper. Uh, I think that this is going to be kind of a, a fascinating game to see Which young team is still playing very, very hard for their coaches? And and Pete Carroll, of course, and then Robert Sala with the Jets. Talking about two energetic coaches that, uh, you know, just kind of coach with fire and intensity. I think it's going to be interesting to see who who Seattle – or what Seattle is playing like at that point. If their players are still, uh, you know – playing with the same type of passion. I think that they will be. So I'm going to give Seattle the victory against the New York Jets, but I have a hard time believing that they are going to be able to win that, that final game of the, the 2022 regular season at home against the Rams. I think there's a possibility that the Rams are basically, you know, done. They've won the division and, and they are moving forward at that point. And so Seattle might be able to sneak a victory against the, basically the backups for LA, but I don't think that that's guaranteed at this point. That's why I have the Rams winning that game.
0: So you've got the Seahawks going 6 and 11. I've got them going 8 and 9. Apologies for my earlier math saying 8 and 10. That's why I was a social studies teacher, not a math teacher back in the day. Uh but we both have them under 500. I have a little more optimistic outlook of them getting close to 500 because of their defense, their run game, maybe they get a good enough play at quarterback to eke out a few of these games, but it's going to be very hard for them to get to seven or eight wins this season. Yours at six wins, that's probably what most prognosticators are going to look at as the ceiling for this team as they enter a rebuild. A lot of young players. We'll see what happens. We'll have a chance before the season starts to do this again once we've seen what this team looks like in training camp and the preseason, what the quarterback situation looks like. But nonetheless, it's just an exciting time of year, regardless of where your team's at. Schedule reveal day, one of the most exciting times during the offseason for football fans. As always, thanks for making Locked On Seahawks your first listen five days a week. And make sure to check out the Locked On NFL podcast for your second listen. The schedule may be dark this time of year, but the NFL never stops. And neither does Locked On NFL. Get insights and opinions from hosts, including Ross Jackson, Chris Carter, and Tony Wiggins. Plus, local lockdown NFL hosts repping all 32 squads. There's no off season for real fans, so make sure you're subscribed to the Lockdown NFL podcast on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at Corbin Smith NFL. You can follow Rob at Rob Rang. Make sure to check out the Locked On Seahawks podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and streaming five days a week on youtube coming up tomorrow i'll be rejoined by nick lee we'll continue our inside the seahawks draft series with tyreek smith the pass rusher out of ohio state and we're going to continue looking at the 2022 schedule thanks for listening in enjoy the rest of your thursday go hawks